This is Mary Lou Lord. And this is... Wait. That, you just said... <laughs> wait. You just completely <laughs> fucked me up. Oh, I know. But we're keeping that as the start because it's funny because we're coming back to... We're coming into Series 2 and we've been away for so, so long that... Um, I forgot who I was. Oh. So <laughs> that's really dumb, I know. But sorry, listeners, we'll do it properly. This is Marianne Window. And this is Mary Lillard. And welcome to How the Hell Did That Happen? Yay. How the hell did it happen that we're back? I, I never thought we'd be back. I know. My God, what a cr- I'm sure the, crazy. the listeners never thought we'd be back either. Yeah, this has been a know crazy time. It has been a crazy time, but do you know what else? I'll we'll let everyone in on a secret now. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> We've actually tried to do this. Oh god. 3 times. This is our fourth <laughs> time of trying and we've done it over the last month or so. And the reason we can't get an episode together is because we just talk for too long (laughs) and we end up doing a like a three hour recording and I say Mary Lou I can't edit this it's gonna take me too long and I can't listen to it all the way through again yeah no shit and so we go okay let's just do another one yeah and and then we do another one and it's uh, even longer even longer and then when we don't plan it we end up talking about like some of the best shit but we didn't record it and and it was just perfect timing it wasn't too short. It wasn't too long. But did we record it? Nope. <laughs> of course not, because we're old and getting into that zone of not thinking properly. <laughs> because we're in dead brain zone of COVID nineteen <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, That's why I know. Oh my god, we're we're in um really strict lockdown at the moment. I live by myself, as you know. So I'm not even allowed to have a friend over or go visit a friend anymore. Wow, that it's is really like, strict. But how have you been going? I'm doing pretty good, I guess. Um, I'm just getting I, – I feel like I've gone through the really tired of it period, you know what I mean? And now I'm like, all right, this is what it is. I know that I hate, I know you hate that fucking phrase, so do I. It is what it is, <laughs> but it's true. It That's just, not as bad as some of them. I know, but it, it really, um, I'm just rolling with it and kind of like, all right, this is just what the fuck it is. And um, I'm gotten, I've just gotten used to it. And now I'm trying mm-hmm. to c- just cobble out my normal now, I guess. Like everybody else. Yeah, I think we're all getting at that stage now. I mean, I, I had you had a freak out, big freak out around that late February, early March time. Big freak out. And <laughs> I had my big freak out around about that end of April, start of May time. Right. You know, when you just, it just hits you and you think, what? what is going on? Is life ever going to be normal again? But you know what? Life is normal. We've just got to train ourselves to do the things that'll keep us safe and then we'll be okay yeah and 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 as long as you look after yourself and and take responsibility for your own germs and don't go gallivanting around and you know this this is the thing it's it's dumb people that ruin it for everyone because Mm -hmm. they just think oh well this isn't even real i don't care i'm just gonna go out and about and 
you know, touch everything in the supermarket before I buy <laughs> it and all that crap. People are just dumb. But anyway, I digress. It's really um, kind of brought out a lot of people's true colors as well, oh, you know, absolutely. like, right. Um, and it it's shocking to me, uh, the, the differences in the way people, you know, digest all of this and who they're, tr- what they think is real. And I myself tend to believe in science. Um, but then you look at uh, the science and the doctors, and even sometimes they're, they teeter back and forth too, uh, with, you know, the ma- the masks are good, the masks are not good, and uh, I, so you've got to kind of do like your own research, and I feel like I've done, um, the best that I could, and I'm going with the mask, um, I'm definitely going with yeah. the mask, and there's this uh, guy in England that I follow, and I've followed him from the very beginning. He's actually, uh, he's a doctor of nursing, um, and he's a, like a n- nursing teacher, and his name is uh, Dr. John Campbell, and he puts up a daily um, on YouTube, um, just like a daily, uh, what do you call it, What like what's going on with COVID today. Update. Update, yeah. his daily updates, and they're incredible. Um, he's really easy to understand. He's not biased, nothing political at all. And he knows his shit. And I follow him. And he does, uh, like, the, the um, uh, updates on the world, what's going on in the entire world. And it's pretty interesting. Um, but you look at yeah. America and you're like, oh, my God, United States is just what is wrong with us? I know. I can't. It's really hard to even comprehend what's going on there because everyone's doing their own thing and it's like every state I mean here every state's different and Melbourne's going Victoria's going through the terrible stage everyone in Australia is looking good except for us so we're in the really tight lockdown now right and hope hopefully that those numbers are going down and look there are lots of reasons and people are criticizing the government and all those things but really it's it's out of everyone's control. It's mm. it's a new thing. You can't mm-hmm. really say um, should have done this, should have done that, should have done this because you don't know mm-hmm. until it's done and then you react. But if you look at all those those guys like that John Campbell guy, which I've been looking at from your links, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look at those things and as you say, you, you look at the facts and do your own research – you can know what to do to keep yourself and those around you pretty safe. And yeah. it's just the fact is until there's a vaccine, we've got to do that or else we can't we can't leave our houses. It's just stupid. Yeah. Well, I live in uh, Massachusetts and we've been actually, we got hit hard early like New York did, um, but we have an amazing um, – Governor Governor um, Baker and a really a pretty great uh, mayor as well. So one is a Republican, one is a Democrat, and so it's this bipartisan, real scientific. Um, you know, we pay attention. We we wear masks. Massachusetts, we've we've been really good and really lucky to have these two great leaders. Um, so yeah, and 
I think we should also tell people that right now it's August um, 15th in case you might be listening and don't know. Sometimes I listen to podcasts yeah. and I have no idea when it was recorded. So yeah, we're recording this yeah. in August and it, Marianne's in the middle of winter and I'm in the middle oh, of summer. Man. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I upside know, down I land. I thinking, because it's August 16 for me now, Sunday morning. Velvet Underground. Um, but the thing is, I was just thinking back to this time last year and I was getting ready for this big European trip that I went on. Yeah. And you know what? I know it sounds really selfish, but the thing I that's really making me depressed about this whole thing is that I can't plan any travel and I can't it's like I haven't got anything to look forward to. Mm. It's really I know, like, me too. I, I know, and it's not so just it's really... not just traveling like to another country or whatever. It's like I can't go to a show. We're freaking musician people, and I know, and that's what it's... I was going to say next. It's like I can't even you can't even play shows or go to shows, or I can't even go down to Tasmania or anything right. like that. Well, um, you, yeah, I just feel for. People that have, I mean, I feel for everyone in clubs, of course, but I really feel for people, um, maybe, you know, young young people that have records ready to go and maybe they were looking forward to their first tour to tour on an album that was ready now, you know, or, or was oh, yeah. ready in February and they would be touring now and all the beautiful summer festivals here um, God, it's just such a huge bummer. I um, know. So I really feel for all the, all the real musicians. I'm a little bit retired, and of course I can't do it because I've got a really messed up rotator cuff. So I can't I can't play more than like two songs in a row without it screaming in pain. Uh, yeah. So I don't do that. So I'm not feeling too bad because I wouldn't have been able to do it myself anyway. But I sure would have liked to be able to go to a show if I wanted to, even a local show. Yeah, and even just like you were saying to me the other day, it's like, you know, this is your prime time where even though you're not doing it so much anymore, you would go with Annabelle and oh, watch God. her bus. I know. All that kind of thing. And, I know. And, you know, it was all those shows. Yeah, it's the, it's really the loss of experiences, you know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, because you can have things, right? You can be a collector of things, or you can mm. be a person that does things and has experiences. And just like there's so many lost experiences and lost opportunities. And it's just a very sad and weird time. Um, but on the flip side of that, I have heard a lot of people say that they're um, – people that don't know how to stop touring, that this has made it so that they can't do it and they're forced to be home and they're forced to write, which is pretty mm. kind of cool, right? It is good, but it would be weird for those people too, especially those people that um, are like career touring artists and that's how they <sighs> generate their income, not from so much selling records, but playing big shows and, and just touring constantly. And it's like, well, 
I know what it's like in a tiny little microcosm of doing that. <laughs> right. Of when you go on like a six-week tour and then you come home and you go, oh, I want to go back. Yeah. But these are people that have gone touring for like nine Lifers. months of the year. Yeah. I know. Life. Every year. Oh, yeah. Somebody and like, you know, like Sean Coleman comes to mind, right? Mm. Because, uh, you know, this is a person that, like all of them, really, like anyone that, that we love, they... That's what they do. That's that's their. That's what they do, and yeah. I, I can't even imagine. But again, you know, uh, a lot of these people they've they've been able to do it, and unlike a younger person who God knows how long this is going to last, that maybe never got that opportunity. That's sad to me, you know. Yeah, let's hope that it all comes back though. I mean, I think people are doing little shows with, you know, social distancing and all of that. And I saw some footage on on the internet somewhere, one of those, Facebook probably, of like a festival in England that was social distanced mm-hmm. or what it was going to look like or something. And it was like everyone on chairs and separated but the thing is you know what I reckon if they're going to do something like that they're going to have to make it um alcohol free Mm. and drug free Mm -hmm. because the minute you sort of start letting you yeah and if you if your inhibitions are absolutely um, you know relaxed well that's what happened in Florida that's what happened in Florida I I really blame a lot of that shit on you know spring break and the bars and um because the demographic were younger people that were coming down with it and you know people that go to bars and they're yelling and you know there's like a lot of people they might be yelling and spreading germs and not wearing a mask and 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 absolutely not social distancing no, because that's just not in people to do that. We're social people. We we connect with people right. when we're out and we're socializing and things like that. But it, that's why I reckon it's just been too soon because mm-hmm. we haven't been able to get our heads around it and actually reprogram ourselves to not do that and to be super hyper vigilant. And I know it's really hard for the clubs and the bars and the restaurants because that's their livelihood, but... There's got to be a way around it. There's got to be some way that they can still open, but uh, I don't know. Don't know. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. But hopefully they'll keep working on a mm. vaccine and and we'll we'll all be able to get through this. But I, I also think that um, I know I've said that I'm sick of seeing people do live streams and all of that. <sighs> and do you know what I reckon it is? I, I mean, I, I do like it because I get to see a lot of people that I wouldn't necessarily see. But I have, and there's always a but, but I have that feeling that, especially me being in a, in a different time zone, right? Mm. I'm not used to seeing people perform at 7 o'clock in the morning <laughs> when I wake up, exactly. for example. 
Yeah. And like these people have had their whole day and they might be having yeah. a drink while they're playing or whatever. Mm. And I'm looking at it at 7am going, oh my God, this person's shit faced and I can't even get out of bed to start my day yet. That and it's like, totally makes Ugh. sense. I never thought of that. It's, yeah, it makes sense. It's like this is all the opposite. And I, it's making me feel uncomfortable and I can't watch it. So I ah. do like watching them on the weekends when I yeah. can just take my time yeah. and do that which is good but oh my god when I wake up at like six in the morning and I'm looking at someone doing a live stream <laughs> and they're like hey whoa and it's like oh I right. can't watch it right <laughs> but I do enjoy I I really loved watching um Kevin's one yesterday with um or Jittery Jack with Annabelle as the special guest yeah that was a first actually they've never played together before and I think that they had a Really good time, and I certainly enjoyed watching that. Yeah, it was good. Well, you all have to do one as well. You'll have to be a special guest on one of one of Kevin's ones because they're they're funny. <laughs> but, um, I I thought Annabelle did very well. She did. She did. Yeah. She she slotted into the mix. Yeah. Quite, really well, and I'm glad they played an Elvis song. I liked mm. it. So, so listen, what's going on in the news? Like, what's happening? Oh, what? my God. Don't <laughs> ask me about the news. Are you talking about what I think you're talking about? I, I don't know. I, 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 like, I think talking about <sighs> COVID at this point is pretty fucking boring. It's boring. You know, it's I really know. boring. Well, I'm talking about I this music news that you sent me the link to the other day and I went, I knew it. I knew it. Um <laughs> And we're talking about Mark Kozilek, that whole sex scandal, a new one. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, where do I begin? Where do I begin with this stuff? <laughs> that guy, I tell you what, ever since, now I'm going to go on my rant. And I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, it, for anyone who's unfamiliar with this guy, he's an amazing songwriter. I've got to give him that, right? There are a few songs that really you, you couldn't, like it, they just are really strong um, visual, like they give you a picture in your mind like a little movie, like that um, Benji album that um, Sun Kill Moon put out. I There are lots of songs that I, I love and then I hear – like a few years ago, there was this story that this woman, a Guardian um, newspaper writer from the UK, wanted to interview him. And he said, oh, no, I'm not having any uh, face-to-face interviews. I don't allow them. I don't, you know. And anyway, so she said something. She did the inter- the the interviews over email or phone or something ridiculous like that. And and long story short, he didn't like what she said, and so he started saying all these horrible things about her at shows to people in like to the audience and stuff like that, saying really like awful things and very egotistical, narcissistic behaviour. On his part, and I thought, well, that's a bit off. Um, but I put it aside, and then, you know, I saw Phoebe Bridges did a face-to-face interview with him. 
when his album came out and it's like, yes, I know that she covered one of his songs and probably generated a bit of money for him. Um, but he obviously must have had a publicist who put that idea to him. Well, you should get her to uh, interview you. because I, I don't nice. know about that. I, I think she was a fan. I think she yeah, probably but, approached him and it was probably like a, a natural... Um, reaching out or something maybe but look I'll tell you I read it and I saw all the pictures and I thought that's it's actually a really good interview but it's so hypocritical because he went on and on and on about this awful you know he went on this big tirade about this other woman and then here he is doing a face-to-face with Phoebe Bridges right I didn't I don't think that I listened to that um Phoebe Bridges interview with Mark Kozlik um was it uh, mainly, uh, I mean, it must have been very music oriented. It was, and it was a print one. It wasn't like a audio ah. or a, a visual thing. It was a print thing, and they had photos and okay. talked about albums that they liked and influences. All and right, stuff like that. it was very music orientated, which is yeah. good. Um, and it and it showed him to be a better person than I thought that he was. But mm-hmm. now. We see that he's oh got boy. all these other allegations and this against him. Should happen a few years ago, right? Well, apparently, right. Who knows? But you know that they're just the ones that someone's come out and said. You know, a couple people. So I just think I know I'm being very vague here because I don't <laughs> want to get sued or anything like Why that. Why would you? No, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Alleged. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, alleged. alleged. Right, of course. Alleged. We don't know what happened. We don't know the real story. We're just reading the point of right. view from the news. But, you know, in this day and age, just don't do it. It's not worth the risk well, for yourself or for the other people. It's horrible. And then, it's bad and then, behavior. well, like now, and of course, she had to also discontinue her friendship with ryan adams um that you know it just sucks when this shit happens it really does because you know that i'm a huge mark kozalik fan i i adore his music um i know and it and and ryan adams too i loved it i love it and it's just the same with ryan adams as you are with that i know and so it just makes it really like for me it makes it really complicated because and, and then you read the shit online and people are like, I'm going to burn the records and I'm going to never buy, you know, I'm never going to buy his record again. And it's like, well, dude, like he fucking wouldn't have gotten much money out of you anyway. So that doesn't really, exactly. whatever. You know what? But, I, I think it's important to separate the person from the art because we're just depriving ourselves, aren't we? Well, but it's weird, isn't it? I know because you think about that person and what they've done when you're listening to it, and it kind of ruins it. It does, sort of, but I, I don't know. It's sad. It's just so sad because it's, mm. it's kind of like, um, well, here's an analogy, right? I know it might be weird, but today I woke up to this really big noise, and I looked outside, and it was one of those um, when you take a tree the tree branches and you stick them in that machine and it and it chops them up into little pieces of... A mulcher. A mulcher, right. A really loud mulcher and a guy in a box. And there was this huge um, pine tree that's 
across the street and a pine tree in my yard and they're twins and they're they've got to be at least 200 years old right and and I yeah so anyway there was one one tree in my yard the tree pine tree across and they stood almost like pillars to my street right balanced and very old and whatever and so today I looked out and I I'm like oh my god I think they're taking that whole tree down and they did and I just thought about it I was watching them work and I thought man that tree took at least 200 years maybe I'd say about 200 years to grow to this beautiful tree that it is and it took them about 45 minutes to take it down and it felt and so my feeling about you know finding out about you know these accusations or whatever and I mean I knew he was a shit but this is like a a step beyond just being a shit right um Mm. this is a level that is like crossing that you you, it's unforgivable it's weird I know it's alleged right but we've heard enough stories to kind of put the piece together but what I'm saying is it took me years and years and years to develop this relationship with these songs and I love them and it took me reading that uh 15 minutes like it did the tree right to like fucking knock it down and now I'm like really you know like really it just makes me so sad and angry and confused and feel sort of um guilty if I listen to it and if I like it like uh you know what I mean I know, and that's how I felt about Ryan Adams as well because I know we've talked about it before when it happened, but it's like you go on – I know you've been on there and I've been on there on these Facebook groups which are fans of Phoebe Bridges, and it's like if anyone mentions the name of Ryan Adams on this board, Ah. you're banned for life, you're evil, you're, you know, contributing to the problem of society and you're – anti-women and you're anti this and I think oh wow that's really um extreme but obviously it triggers a lot of people but now what are they going to do about Kozilek are they going to burn Phoebe's records now because she covered one of these songs (laughs) I don't understand how far it's going to reach well I mean it didn't happen to her you know so don't know if she'll yes but that's not the issue I know it didn't happen to her but it could have well, it I, I just think else. I just think it's, uh, and of course you do too, and of course it is a little bit interesting to me that these two people, you know, Ryan Adams, who Phoebe had a, a direct uh, working relationship with, and then Koslik, um, she's a, a great fan of his and probably a friend of his, and it's like, whoa, this is weird. How is she? Because she was very vocal of uh ryan and you know deservingly so you know what i mean like like he's a shit shithead uh yeah you know what i'm saying like you can't pull that shit not in this day and age maybe back in the day you know it, it was grandfathered in or something and um people that are over the age of say i don't know 40 45 they are a little more uh easygoing on that kind of crap but millennials are not 
they do they do not take that shit for a minute um no and, and, and so, they, and so it's a very so. of course but it's a very strange um thing for me because i am older and i've seen a lot of bad behavior with rock of boys course. of course right and it just uh, girls like they would learn they'd learn how to deal with it and just be like i'm getting myself out of this situation because you had to you couldn't go yeah because you, there was no, no one was internet. gonna look after you well not just and that no but one... there was no fucking internet you know what i mean you, no. you and if you it was just like you couldn't go to a paper or the internet and be mm. like he touched he made me touch his dick you know it's like <laughs> if, i'm like if you got away that easy i know that sounds terrible but that's the way it was and i know that I know. and so the mentality of some of us people that are a little bit older it's a little bit different and i think we're a little maybe too easy on some of these bad behavior people right it's unacceptable mm. but it but in the years and years that i've been in music um on several levels being a performer being an audience member being uh, a fan right i've gone backstage hung out with people you know all kinds of people and i've seen a lot of bad shit right and not like just the shit that i saw like oh my god compared to these two stories oh man that's nothing i know i know and but this is the thing people turned a blind eye because it was just all too hard and it was like who's gonna believe me oh yeah there was no place to bring it the same as there was no no, there was if you had a photograph there was no place to put it you know you're not gonna put it on there was no instagram there was no immediacy of you had no name of if there was a journalist that you could take a story about he made me touch his dick to Rolling Stone, they'd be like... No, because they'd say, so what? (laughs) I know. And so there was no place to put it, right? The same as having a beautiful photograph that sat um, in a shoebox in your mother's attic because there was no place to really put it. And now, you know what I mean? So it's just such a weird difference. And it's like, whoa. And I think because someone like Kozlik is older... And even Ryan Adams is a bit older now. I think their mentality is like rock star. And it's mm. probably uh, um, something that they haven't gotten their heads around the fact that times have changed, you know, right. like, and, and it's not cool and it's not acceptable. Yeah, well, hopefully this will, um, you know, it'll all get investigated and something there'll be some recourse because I think it's sad for everyone involved and I and I know that you know you can demonize these people but as we were saying the other day it's like they've got other problems they have to have other problems for them to behave like that and absolutely it's like nobody is the winner here every the, the listener the fan the performer who's the the abuser the the person who's the victim, mm-hmm. we're all in, um, you know, we've all suffered because of it because it's ruined our listening of the music. It's made that person's life a living hell who had that um, abuse. Exactly. And and then this performer who's done the abuse mm-hmm. has just ruined their own career now, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But, um, 
you know it's interesting it and and I, we probably haven't i mean we could go into it further but just don't do it that's all we can say just don't do it don't do it <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know if they uh, if they need help or um you know one is i think ryan's like a massive narcissist i think they both are but i think that somebody yeah. like mark Koslick, i think he's got problems in um like maybe he's a sex addict i don't know but if he if he is and that that's a thing that's that is a legal situation the same as if you're a drunk and you drove a car drunk and you hurt someone you a lot of times you know they say you have to mandatory you have to go to rehab or you have to go you have to do this this and this right because they realize it's a problem and and in order to stop uh for real if you don't want to repeat this thing you get help and i think that this guy has needed help for a long time and maybe um legally or or he'll just be pushed socially Mm. to be like i fucked up man i fucked up and maybe He'll get help. I think the hard thing is for these people, well, for everyone involved, is when these guys don't admit to doing it or they'll say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. But obviously if you made someone feel like that, you did do something wrong. Whether you thought it was bad or not, it's like bullies. You know, they, Mm. they say, well, I didn't do anything. I just said this or that. And it's like... Yeah, but it's how you made that person feel. Of course. And and it's the perception of what you did might be acceptable to you, but it's uh, oh, not yeah. acceptable to society anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And I think if it turns people's thinking into maybe, you know, analysing behaviour before they make that bad decision mm-hmm. to do something, it might um, – Things are changing, I think. And I think the more we do call it out, and we're a monitoring society now. You can't go down the street and do do anything (laughs) without someone whipping their phone out and filming you. You know, if you drop a paper on the ground (laughs) by accident, you know, it's like, oh, you didn't put that in the rubbish bin. (laughs) The paper police are coming. film you. I know. Yeah, and that's good. It's a good thing. We should be doing that. And I know I've been guilty of it because well, I'm not guilty of that, but I've been guilty of ringing the COVID hotline <laughs> when I've seen people walking around blasé, you know, not with masks and doing the wrong thing and breaking all the rules. Mm-hmm. And I ring the hotline and I say, these people are doing the wrong thing. Come and do a drive-by. <laughs> and I know other people have done it too mm. because we just want things to be better Mm -hmm. absolutely and Mm. and hopefully that will be um what what comes out of this and it's terrible that these poor women had to go through this um and and it it it's good that they've come forward and that they've um you know very brave like because nobody wants to put their fucking name out there and get that kind of attention and you know what i mean but when you Mm. when you piss and yeah and one cool thing is that it's not just you you know like it's not you're not alone like the whole me too movement right it gave women and people whoever victims um a voice together uh that they they could be believed right 
Um, and and that's a very powerful thing, uh, more mm. than one voice and not feeling alone. And um, I think that that's why things changed is that you weren't singled out anymore um, and not believed. You were believed because the, the patterns were repeating from other people that didn't know that other you know what I mean so yeah yeah I I agree the details were the same in other words yeah it'll be interesting to see if Phoebe Bridges comes out and says anything about this Mark Kozilek situation because she's kind of set the precedent by talking about Ryan Adams in that way hasn't she? well that's what I mean you know like Mm. that's uh yeah that's what I mean (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what the course of action is going to be on that front. And then, because... and then, you know, I, I, I would not imagine and or believe at all that. But, but what do I know that that Phoebe had her own run-ins with Mark Koslick? But if she had, right, it would be doubly weird um, if she's like, oh. By the way, Mark Koslick too. Like she almost would become the you know this person that not crying wolf at all but a person that's like now another one phoebe you know like this kind of, do you know what i mean like she like i wonder if she would say anything because it would be like oh now another one so she's she's the girl that rings the bell about the you know whatever yeah so but you know what i think that kozilek would have been really really stupid to do anything as far as she was concerned after she'd already blown the whistle on Ryan Adams. Oh, oh, well, that Because he would have thought, oh, well, I'm going to be in the gun here if I do anything. If he knew about that at that time, and I think that it was right around the same time. But I I also think that um, he would have been on his best behavior. And I think musically, it might have been like a different... um, dichotomy like a different Mm. you know like more like peers or like he yeah you know what I mean like I I don't think he would have but it would have been fucking weird if he did (laughs) just like what yeah I know but you know if he's an addict who knows well let's just see what unfolds there and speaking of like I'm still going on this news and it's still involving Phoebe Bridges What's the story with this whole thing about flying to Ireland and I don't know visiting with the guy from normal people, the Irish guy? I mean, look, I've been watching the boards as mm. you have been, I'm sure. I haven't. People, I can't. I'm, oh, I'm kicked out. Oh no, you got banned. <laughs> That's got right. Banned. <laughs> you yeah. got banned for actually talking about music on there. I know, right? <laughs> of all things, if you just Go. gossip about who's abused who and um, <laughs> who's breaking COVID restrictions by flying to Ireland, yeah. I I just think that um, this is the thing that I don't understand about fans of music today like millennial yeah. types i sound like a really old person <laughs> now but yeah it's like why do you care about what they do behind the scenes just worry about the music for now don't worry about whether she's flying to Ireland well, or who she's dating I know. or whatever. Who and cares? I got fucking banned by because i talked about music on her on her fan board 
I, ta- I talked about her music, <laughs> right? And I talked about where this might have come from or early on. I was, I absolutely adored, and you know this, to almost an obsessive state, her, <laughs> her new album called Punisher, right? And it's, yeah. I love it, and I still love it, but I went a little mental there because I loved it a lot right so i became i became (laughs) the punisher right because i know um yeah so but when i was on the board and i wanted to talk about the music that's the least that's the last thing that they wanted to talk about and they're like you gotta go and i'm like no i'm like fuck you i'm here i'm talking and they're like no no you gotta go you're trouble i'm just like okay well Jesus, oh, it was crazy. And yeah. I got told off for saying something about Ryan Adams. Oh, I wouldn't mention his name around here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I but like, anyway, I, I quick... so so you're saying that they, I don't know, I guess maybe they're the same with someone like Taylor Swift. They, 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 the last thing sometimes is the fucking music. I know, and this is what I don't understand. And, and it, it has risen from this I don't know, This it was like Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift, or like people that are foreign to me that I've never listened to their music. I don't understand it because it's not at my demographic, right? But they have these fans and they have terms for them, like stands. I never knew what that was. You told me about it the other day. Or a couple about of weeks the what? Ago. Sorry, there was a mosquito st- I was just killing. Sorry. Oh. What, what did you a say? A stan. What the hell oh, is a, a stan? stan. Like a fan? And, it, and it was like, and then I had to look it up. And I didn't it was know about, what it was either. Um, I guess it's a fan. No, I know. You asked me and I said, I've never oh, heard of that. Right. And then <laughs> I looked it up and it was... Um, well, people listening probably know it because I think it's been around it for just, a few years. I think we're really. Oh, late I know on it's the... from Eminem. It's from Eminem. That song "Stan." Okay, about I don't the know. obsessed fan guy, uh, the rapper. But anyway, it's just dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't. I I I sound like an old person. I am an old person compared <laughs> to these people. But I just millennial don't like bashing it. time. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it, and I don't like that they call these people like on Twitter, for example. On Twitter, um, they refer to her as Queen. <laughs> oh, what did Queen say? Whatever you say, Queen, and it's like that's just embarrassing to me. I would hate that. <laughs> I would hate it. But you know that's the way that's the way things are now. Well, <laughs> I'm just out of the loop, and I'm happy to be out of the loop. Well, yeah, you. but but it's kind of it's great. I mean, she's doing well, right? And I think that I can't speak enough of how much I adore her songs. I think she's amazing. Uh, I'm glad that that young people are listening to her and the more popular she gets i think the better because she she sings like she speaks she doesn't have that fucking weird mumble twang thing that a lot of these millennials over since like 2007 they remember that the thing that i complain about like they sing in that weird garbly uh, mm. like accented, affected yeah. thing, and <laughs> yeah, just and like it, it, it totally. I the song might be good, but I can't understand what they said, right? And so, someone like Phoebe Bridgers, um, there's tons of young people that love her, and uh, and they're all over YouTube, and I noticed that their diction and is getting clearer 
they're singing yeah. more like they speak like a normal person <laughs> normal and they're singing person. like her they're singing like her and I, and do you know what else and i know we've talked about this before and this is your big thing too and mine is that people are getting a musical education when they listen to an album like Punisher because it's got so many other elements and influences in it and she's freely talking about those influences. So she'll say, I love Elliot Smith or I love Daniel Johnston or, you know, I love um, Bright Eyes or I love Teenage Fan Club and and all these people that have never heard of these bands or artists will go back and listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll find out what's been going on or some people might have come to – listen to Phoebe Bridges because they are fans of those other people and mm. they've thought oh, yeah well this person's em- embracing all the music I love Definitely. so I'm naturally going to be drawn yeah, to and so music. this is something that Phoebe Bridges is going to have to unlike I think a lot of other young artists something she's going to have to understand or something that is just going to happen is that there, there will be a wide crossover uh, demographically, because there will be many, many pe- older people that will and do love her, right? Um, people that love, you know, like maybe folk music or acoustic, really great writing, right? So it would be interesting to um, to go to one of her more recent shows, like if she ever gets on the road again, and look at the audience because I do think that you would see many people well over 50 right down to kids that are like maybe 14 like you know what I mean so it it she really has a a wide crossover where a lot of older people uh who haven't bought a new album in x amount of years they would buy that one and they do love her and it's true because like People like you and I and um, like my sister who's like 40, 49, I'm 51 nearly. And, and very similar um, to like first aid kit too. They probably yeah. have a wide demographic, um, anything like 14 to 65 really. Yeah, because it's got universal appeal. It's, totally. It crosses the, it, because it references back to music that is familiar but right. it's also something new. Right. And it's really exactly in itself yeah you can hear what you love in it yeah it's not like this fucking like i'm sorry and i know a lot of people love taylor swift and whatever but i don't get the same (laughs) feeling from i don't know some of these sounds contrived it just sounds like um i saw on somebody write something um the other day and they said i'm not going to say who it was i just remembered who it was and they said Oh, Taylor Swift just made the best new Sarah McLaughlin record ever. So, you know, like it's just I like, saw it's that like too. Not, I know not, who not it was. To, I mean, I love Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin, whatever, but I really love fucking Joni Mitchell, Jackson Brown, Jean Cole. You know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. a little, a little different. And uh, I agree. I, I mean, well, Taylor Swift could do that... could sing a phone book and people would fall down and be like, I love you, you know, like. Well, this is right. And uh, look, I've listened to it, I, I must admit, and it, folklore, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm doing a folk album now. And that's fine. And look, it's beautifully produced beautifully by produced. the guy from The National and all that. Mm-hmm. But 
It sounds like Sarah McLaughlin. It sounds like Alicia Keys or whoever it just those people like are. Sounds like kind of a generic it just, late Vanessa 90s. Carlton. Yeah, it sounds like and, a generic uh, late 90s, like this it writing. Does. It does. But do you know, know what else? Oh, God. <laughs> what else you know we are? We're really but do you millennial know bashing tonight. I, I know, but I thought, you know what? It. It sounds beautiful and all of that, but I can't connect with it. And do you know why I don't think I can connect with it? Why? Because I don't think it sounds authentic. I don't think it sounds mm. like her. Well, I just don't think there's any meaning behind well, that's it that the whole I can thing. connect to. I, I know. Like I have to have I, and, and it's weird because you're like um, you're a a Virgo, right? And yes. and Virgo people like everything very clean and tidy and like that but it, you know what I mean and it's a very clean tidy record I feel um but but it's just but you love that that fucking what are, I can't you know you can't when you hear it you know it like for someone like Joanna Sternberg right uh yeah. who Phoebe has recently turned us both on to like yeah. the authenticity uh it's setting the the bar you know it's breaking the mold it, it's raising the bar of originality I think that's the, yeah and i think that's the key it's, it's so authenticity and and that's what i don't get from that taylor swift album i might be wrong but i just feel like i think it's boring a, it's fucking boring i think she's a million miles away from whatever's been done to that record and i think that it's like you see, you hear something like something Joanna Sternberg's done and you can hear that that person has been playing all the instruments or or directing people and producing it and and having a vision for what's in her head to come out into know. the world. But I can't imagine that Taylor Swift would have done that. To I me, no, I don't I don't know. I to me it's really the the choice of um the the words and i think it's just i can tell the way a person sings often like what they are like because in the way that they sing um mm. do you know what i mean like i and, and maybe i'm yeah. quite wrong because i hear mark Koslick and i hear something really beautiful and maybe <laughs> maybe i was way off with that and even Ryan Adams but I do think that there is sensitivity and heartbreak and something that went wrong in Mark Koslick right and in in Ryan Adams as well and but it's authentic and I can't help but love something authentic even if they are a bastard they're real and I would rather have something that I know is real and and maybe broken and um just shipped it's not perfect and taylor swift i guess that's the thing you know what i think that that's the thing she's just too perfect maybe and you know I also mean? i get i do know what you mean she's and so i think that's part of what perfect. and that's part of what i was trying to say too it's like it's almost like these guys whoever they are the the guy from the national matt what's his name and and whoever else produced it it's like they just did all the template and everything and then they said, now you come in and sing. You know, it's like there's a disconnect. 
Yeah. There's a disconnect between the art and the and the and the delivery of it. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And I just think. I don't want to hear about someone running around on their tiptoes. I just don't. I'm sorry. That's harsh. <laughs> I know. But I just it, don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm, I know that I should and that it's bad I I to should, say and that I don't I'm like bad. something. But I, I have to be honest. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I like something if I don't. I can't. But I I'll, can't either. But, and I feel like, oh, my God, you know, I look on Facebook and all these – people that big I wigs love it respect i respect I them know. and i look at that and i'm like are you full of shit you know it's just like a joke that i'm not in i like i feel like all right i'm an asshole well i'm not in on i'm not and in then the i joke have to, and then i feel like i have to keep my mouth shut or they'll be like like oh my god i saw that ann powers put, posted something about um i forget what this particular writer's name and she gave taylor swift a pretty good review um oh it, i saw that it might have been saw in, that yeah it might have been in it was pitchfork pitchfork, it was pitchfork right. i think and and the fans went fucking mental and she got they, four and a half stars and they then they yeah. demonized and, and this, this and woman for demonized. not giving her five. Oh yeah they they do, do, doxed her yeah it was you know, awful. They like gave out her address and called her really, really bad names. I mean, you think of millennials, right? Millennials, whatever the, yeah. and and you think they should know what is correct and what hurts and about the bullying. This is Taylor Swift, their hero, who writes songs about anti-bullying, right? And they're calling, <laughs> and and these are the people that are calling. This writer, these names that I will not repeat, which is which were very, they went on the attack of this person's, um, you know, like when you get into the physical appearance or something, and then I know, like that, like and that's this is what I was saying me. about, and that's what I was saying before about, about Phoebe's I, I guess peeps, I didn't, some of Phoebe's yeah, people. I, didn't, I yeah. didn't articulate it very well, but it's that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's right, I know. These people that take ownership over an artist and then feel that it's their job to defend them, even if oh yes, God Taylor Swift would have been going fantastic. Pitchfork, they've given me four and a half stars of and course. said really good things about my album. She would have been yeah, because they don't usually about that. Pitch, Pitchfork wouldn't generally write about Taylor Swift. No, and so finally and like, she's getting you know some cool cred pub, published yeah, publishing, and I know. and her fans don't completely fuck it up <laughs> because they don't understand. They don't understand no. how how special that is for someone like her, probably. Well, well, for anyone, but it's just like, ugh. Anyway, yeah, I've said so. too much. Know, <laughs> I've said too. too much, but you know what? I'm not cutting any of it out. Because you know, I think I'd rather it had be, be honest. Why, if, like, if we're not honest, Me too. Like, what the fuck? That's I the, know. That's well, one let's... of the things in, in, in life right now is like you're, people are so afraid to be honest, right? And and I know that maybe I'm saying things that might piss somebody off, but I I believe in the First Amendment, and I believe in um, and I and I know somebody might say, well, you can be honest, but you don't. You can talk about things that 
are cool that you don't why are you bashing someone Mary Lou or Marianne why are you bashing somebody when you can just talk honestly about something that you do like you know well, let's like, do that because I know. but we have to say that because we just have to make sure that well we're not just going along with but this, this is how main. we talk right when we're talking this on is. the phone together right and we yeah, we is. are able because we're friends to talk about things that we see that piss us off i know <laughs> you know what i, I mean? know and like, we're just we're just talking like we normally do and and yeah. if people want to listen to that that's fine and if you want to say you have no right to say that well let us know because we don't know we're just talking yeah. We're just yeah, we're friends just talking. talking. Like, what the fuck would they think of Lester Bangs in this day and age? Holy shit. Yeah, well, it just doesn't come up on my lis- listening sphere, I must say, because it's just a little bit, uh, I can't really say. I, I just think that musically and all of that, it sounds beautiful. It's beautifully produced, but it just doesn't have the edge that I like. I like a bit of rough around the edges. And do you know the only lyric that has stuck Wait, in wait, my wait. Head I, I the... know you're going to say something about standing on my tippy toes and yes. and and I think the one the only thing that I take away from the entire album is I was wearing a sweater. I had a, like a vision of a sweater, a girl in a sweater, like a cardigan in the fall. <laughs> You know, just see, it's very much like that. It's like that thing of her running through the garden on her tippy toes, and that's the thing that I imagine for the whole yeah. record. And it's, <laughs> I know it's unfounded and it's invalid, and I'm just probably bringing my prejudice to it. But look, that's the way it is. That's the way I've been. Well, conditioned. the same with when I think of Jewel. Um, all I think of is her cooking eggs in her pajamas and freaking out because the boyfriend might get mad that she doesn't leave the that she if she doesn't put the cat back oh. on the toothpaste uh, oh my god did i tell you when we played with jewel no <laughs> she she was doing a solo acoustic show at a winery and she was headlining and she'd had two loud bands on before her one of which was I was playing in, and she she wondered why everyone was talking and not listening to her at the end when she came on solo acoustic right. in a winery on a Sunday afternoon after everyone was half shit faced <laughs> by sitting there since eleven a.m. drinking wine, mm. and she actually stopped mid song and she said, "You in the front." Why are you talking to that person next to you? You can talk to them at home. Listen to me. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as an anti-Jewel thing, I think, again. <laughs> Look, she did the hard years. She lived in a car in Alaska or whatever it was. <laughs> she, she, she was, she, you know, she and her mother, they lived in the car and they, you know, she probably sang about the pajamas and the eggs and the toothpaste because she didn't have that. <laughs> you know? She probably didn't have that stability in life where she knew where the toothpaste was going to come from. She, she didn't have a bathroom. She had to just use... She just, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Oh, oh, 
Oh my god. Oh shit. Oh, it's it's true. She didn't poor Jewel. Well they probably had to stop at the seven eleven or the or the truck stops. If they lived in the car, they couldn't. They couldn't have. And that's why she she loved singing about putting on her PJs and hopping into bed. Cause she didn't, didn't have a bed. She didn't, she didn't have a bed. Poor Jewel. Oh, God. It's too early for me to be laughing so hard. <laughs> No, oh, I'm sorry. Shit. Now the tables are turned. Oh. The tables are turned because I'm the one that gets to be at the normal hour. <laughs> right. I've had my day and I'm all fired up yeah. now and you're in the <laughs> you're in the, the the depths of the morning. Oh my god. I know. You know what I was doing yesterday? I was uh I went down the Jack the Jack Black rabbit hole and he's he shares your birthday, doesn't he? Does he? 30th of August. I think he does. Wow. I remember. I never knew well, that. Yeah, because I told you, because I read an interview, uh, him being a Virgo, he's was really paranoid of going to the bathroom um, in a oh, public. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. me. Uh, but yeah, so I went down the, the uh, Jack Black rabbit hole, and it, it appears that two days ago, he, he was a very hairy man. He had long pretty long hair and a beard and so in this video he just completely cut off the the beard and totally shaved his head like bald it's really fun really wow. really funny i love him i love him too yeah. i think he's so funny. so funny and he just seems like someone that i'd want to be friends totally with. yeah he would be just one of us i think oh yeah well he he's probably thinks who are you but he, um, I just, yeah, he, I, I love him. I love but I think him. what is your birthday the 29th, right? No, mine's the 30th. Well, I always think ahead. Well, it's the 29th for you that, because yes, yes, <laughs> because it is the 29th. Whenever it's my birthday for you, because you're the my I'm friend from ahead. the future. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's funny about um, that thing that you said about Jack Black in the bathroom? Yeah. I, it just made me think about this, and I thought about this the other day too. Remember how proud you were of me for using the the portaloo at the at the um, big thing we yeah. went to last time, <laughs> and I made you go in first and check it all out. Before it was pretty to damn clean. It was safe to go in. It was there. clean. <laughs> I know. What was that thing that we were at? We were at the pot rally. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That was huge. It was pretty, yeah, the hemp fest it was called, right? I can't remember, but it was over a long time. Like, there was pot paraphernalia and samples and everything. And it stretched for miles. Yeah. It seemed like. Yeah, it did, right? That wasn't that long ago, was it? Nope. (laughs) That couldn't happen right now. God, no. No. And that's what made me think of it. I was thinking, God, imagine me being paranoid about a public um, bathroom. Is it really that far off the mark for everyone now? Is I know, it? right? I know. God. So that's interesting that he would be like that as well. I think, I I think totally so. Empathize. Um, yeah. August 28th. Ah. Uh, so he's exactly, he's two days older than Okay. Me. So I was sort of right about, yeah, is yeah. that Virgo? Yeah. yeah. Born in the same year. Even. I know it. 
Yeah. And same as Elliot, born in the same year. That's right. All the Woodstock babies. He's only like two two weeks older than me. I don't think I was a Woodstock baby. No, wait. That wasn't Woodstock because that would have been 50. <laughs> wait. 50? No, it is. That was Woodstock 51 years ago. I know because everything happened in 1969 as I found out last year when I turned 50 because everything was, oh, it's the 50th anniversary of the Manson murders. <laughs> it's the 50th anniversary of the moonwalk. Right. It's the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. That was a huge year. Yeah. There was lots of things mm. that happened in that That's year. That's right. I'm sure there were other. And Woodstock, 50th anniversary of Woodstock, yes, of right. course. So it was kind of a... Epic. A big year. Yeah. Absolutely. For me to be born. The summer of love, man. See? You're a love child. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't the summer when I was born. It was the second last day of winter. That's my summer. The day That's I everybody was else's born. summer, the summer of love. And do you know what? And and I know we're digressing a bit here, but who cares? Um I was born and Nobody remembers what time I was born. Nobody remembers or cares. No one remembers when I was born either. All they remember is that I was in school. They were in school. I was in school. Yeah, that's the (laughs) same. You were born in the classroom. But it was scheduled. You know. Yeah, me too. They knocked my mom out. Did they knock your mom out? Yes, they did. It's so weird that they did that. Do you know... And do you know what? what? That's because, um, and everybody says, well, you're a cesarean baby. That's why you're always looking for the easy way out. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're lifted out. (laughs) And apparently we're supposed to have good skin because we didn't have to screw up our faces to get out. Oh, (laughs) jeez. But... See, that's the thing, and and nobody remembered. Nobody remembered what time I was born. Nobody cared. No. You know, the first child got all the books and the <laughs> lock of hair and the shoe print. I have, I have absolutely photos. nothing. I've got nothing. I don't even as have well. the I've little got about three photos. Thing, the bracelet thing. I don't even have. That. Oh no, I don't have any of that. <laughs> oh I don't, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything. Not me neither. And. Nothing. I know, and I said, I I, I'm, I can't even. But you know, if it wasn't like a legal thing, I don't even think I would have a birth certificate. You know. Like. <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't either. It was just like, and and I think even like in those days, like my dad was probably at the footy or something. <laughs> Nobody cared. <No. laughs> it was like, you know, oh, you're having a baby. I'll see you afterwards. <laughs> Have Another a nice one. time. <laughs> yeah, number five. Oh, we've done all this before. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, my God. And there was another one after me. So there yeah. you go. Gotta oh. love those Irish Catholics. Anyway. Woohoo! <laughs> I know. But every child was a blessing and a joy. Of course. Weren't they? Of course. <laughs> so I was reading a book the other day. Well, over the last few weeks. And I actually wasn't reading it with my eyes. I was reading it with my ears because it's an audio book. Now, what do you? What's your stance on audio books? Do you reckon it's? I yeah, I like them. I do too, and I think it's still reading. I I think you're still listening and concentrating on a story 
and someone's words, just because you're not looking at them doesn't mean that you're not well, reading Well, you know, it. I think it's cool. We look at computers and we look at words all day long, right, if you're reading shit. And I like being read to. Me too. Right? It's something like it's like when you're a child and you're sitting in the classroom <laughs> and your teacher reads you a story or you know it's it's something that you can just tune out and you don't have to concentrate on looking at anything and I find audiobooks are really really good for when you're driving especially when oh, you're yeah. driving a long way or you're stuck in traffic Definitely. I used to listen all all the time when I was driving to and from work in the city and it's really good if you're going on a walk or something like that and you can just have your headphones on and you can just listen and it's good I like it mm-hmm. because yeah, I, I like find it. yeah and, and it's exactly what you were saying about looking at a screen all day especially if you're working from home like a lot of people are at the moment um you look at a screen all day and the last thing you want to do is have to focus your eyes on more yeah, stuff. I, yeah, I think that um, if it's poetry or lyrics, I like to look at the way the words look, like not just hear them, but yeah. look at them. I think that that's cool. But yeah. when it's like an autobiography or a memoir, I don't need to see each word. I'd rather be told a story. Absolutely. And I think you're right yeah. about that. When it's something, I can't listen to audiobooks unless they're nonfiction. That's one other thing I was going to say. And I think that's what you were saying then. If it's something that requires imagination, I'd rather read it. Mm, yeah. Well, or something with really cool words together. Yeah. Like yeah really yeah. cool. That's what I mean. Something and... artistic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the audiobooks that I listen to are mainly autobiographies or, you know, biographies that someone's written. But I listened to the one um, about the replacements just recently called Trouble Boys. And it is mm. so good. It's really long. It's like about 18 hours. Oh, yeah. And, but the person reading it was pretty good. But I, it was a woman, but she had a really deep voice and so Mm. it was sort of like a gender neutral voice which I liked because you couldn't picture the person at all it was just a voice and I like that but the one thing I will say really annoyed me is she mispronounced a name the whole way through really yeah what and then I thought maybe I always thought it was this and it was not that (laughs) And so what I had it? to go to YouTube and find out. Well, okay, what? <laughs> well, you know the person who was in charge of Reprise, I think it was, records? Um, uh, who? <laughs> Lenny. Um, Warrenka. Yeah, Warrenka. Yeah, and I And I always thought it was pronounced like that. And then I had to second guess myself. Because this woman kept on saying um, Warnica. Oh, no, I don't think it is. No, it's not. Because then I looked at It's Warrenka. It's Warrenka because I looked at it. Yeah, he was with Mo Mo Austin Austin. and Lenny Wall. Yeah, Yeah. all the time. 
Warner Brothers people yes, too. Yes, 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 because the replacement right. signed to them and they were on sire with Seymour Stein. Oh, my God. <laughs> little Tommy, ah. little Tommy Stimson and, ah. um, and Seymour, I tell you what, if he wasn't in the band, I don't think they would have got the record deal. Nah, that's not true. <laughs> I love Seymour. Joking. I love him. Yeah, he, I met him. He sounded very flamboyant and oh um, yeah, he's a great. Pa- he's a party man. I reckon he'd still be. He's probably still a party man. Is he? Um, I oh oh boy, I, I don't know. But he when I met him, um, I didn't know what he looked like um, before I had met him, mm-hmm. and he showed up and he looked like a doctor. Like a, you know, like a family doctor to me. He had this little <laughs> doctor bag. He traveled from New York. He took the shuttle to Boston. And then he took the subway to the subway where I was playing. Which oh, was even he actually went to listen to you in the subway. He did. And so he took the flight from New York, took the subway from the airport to Park Street where I was playing. And he walked up. And I didn't know the difference between him and a a guy on his way home. And he said, I'm Seymour. And I said, hello. And he was shorter than I thought he'd be. And he had like little, like sort of curly white hair and um, his little doctor bag. And I thought he was cute. Um, So he wasn't extremely flamboyant, Um, full of stories, but... I don't remember any flamboyance. <laughs> no, that's funny. Did you know that he was coming? Yeah, and I think he came with um, Andy Paley. All right. Um, so later we met up with Andy Paley, I remember. It was really fun. Uh, so, okay, so Tommy. Yeah, so so the, the whole deal was that um, this is around, they signed to Warner Brothers. They signed to um, Sire Records, obviously, mm-hmm. which is um, – Seymour's label and so they made um pleased to meet me at uh Ardent Studios in Memphis which I went to when I went to Memphis and we must have a pause to remember Elvis 43 years (laughs) anniversary (laughs) speaking of Memphis because I went to Graceland and Sun Studios in the same day I think um but anyway yeah they they did this debauched album they were just drunk the whole time and Seymour invited all the record company people from Warners and everyone to the studio to have a listening party when it was ready and they all just got totally wasted everyone and they went to a restaurant afterwards in Memphis that Seymour had chosen and he was by the end of it they had a big food fight like the whole Ugh. everyone like just yeah. throwing food and squashing it into people's heads and the the restaurant was just wrecked and apparently Seymour was up on the table dancing and like walking along the tables in the restaurant like wow. with his shoes on and everything and the restaurant people just said go please just go we can't no and they were just absolutely beside themselves and banned everyone from ever coming back. But mm. that sort of thing must have gone on a lot back then, in that, especially mm. in that late 80s time when everyone was just 
oh, let's just spend the money. Who cares? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funny was, money. It was just money, wasn't it? But um, Yeah, it was fu- funny money, yeah. And the other thing was that the actual band, the replacements, when they'd go on tour and they just – and Westerberg was the ringleader in all of it and he and Tommy Simpson <laughs> would just – they would just drink and drink and drink and drink and that's the way they were. That's, you know, they were a rock band and everyone would just give them whatever they wanted but – they just trashed everything that they ever had, like to the <laughs> point where they were banned from hotels. And <laughs> one tour that they went on, they wrecked a hotel so badly that um, I think they were just never allowed back, or that they couldn't go to the next hotel because the person had rung all the places and said, you know, don't have them. But they trashed a van and they trashed like they. <laughs> They 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 couldn't be bothered, like because obviously they're drinking a lot and they're touring in this van and they couldn't, and they instead of stopping to go to the bathroom, they just did it in the van. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know boys, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, so they did all that, and then they were disappointed because well the. People at Warner were disappointed because they didn't get a breakthrough because they thought it might have been a crossover album like um, R.E.M. and all that. So they looked for a producer for the next one and they said, what about this new guy? Because they had a really young sort of hip A&R guy, Michael Hill, his name was, and he suggested, because they went through all these names and they said, Scott Litt, no, we're not having him. He's R.E.M. and they're our, you know, rivals and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. And they, uh, they said, no, we don't want him. He's too old. No, we don't want him and we don't want him and we don't want them. But then he said, what about this guy, Tony Berg? He's a young up-and-comer. He hasn't had much production work, but he's, you know, played on a lot of albums and he's got a lot of good press and he's done a lot of good stuff and he's up and coming and we think that he might be the key for you so (laughs) Westerberg sent him a letter or whatever it was back in those days probably a fax and he said tell me your tell me your top five songs and I thought of you because this is what you always do to people tell me your top five Mm. songs (laughs) and um he said (laughs) okay, I'm going to send them to you. And he sent them to him and he said, and if you don't like them, you can go fuck yourself or something like that. I, I don't care because <laughs> I like them. And then Westerbeck said, you got the job. <laughs> so because he obviously wasn't going to be pandering to them or whatever. And so they said, right, you got 10 days. You're going to go to this studio in Bearsville, upstate New York. And it was like a... It, the the way they described it, they didn't do any pre-production. They Westerberg had done a little bit of work with Tony Berg, but the rest of the band hadn't known him, hadn't met him before. It was Slim Dunlap at that stage, and it was Tommy Stimson and Chris Mars was the drummer. So they went to this um, studio in the woods, Bearsville, Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. and um, and it was like a sort of like a summer camp, like a retreat type thing where they had like little cottages for all the bands to stay in and all that. And they had the big studio. And anyway, the replacements trashed everything. 
They trashed the cabins. They trashed the studio. They, like, um, at one stage, Westerberg lit a good, smashed a Gibson three three five guitar and lit it on fire in the <gasps> studio. Set it on fire, and apparently Tony Berg was beside himself. He couldn't cope. And then he had this fight with or Tommy Stimson didn't like something that he said, so he threw a full bottle of gin through the control room window, smashed it, and then he was playing a game of I Dare You with Westerberg, Tommy Stimson was, and he (laughs) he said, I dare you to jump up on the Neve 8088 console, which was custom made for the Who in the like in the 60s and it had been shipped over they'd bought it so it was this vintage custom neve console and he said i dare you to jump up on that and walk across it and of course (laughs) he did (laughs) he said no worries i'll do that no problem and apparently tony berg was just like oh no because not yeah. only did he walk like and he said he was like a tightrope walker going through the knobs and everything <laughs> <laughs> and, and he also had a full bottle of jack daniels in his hand while oh, he was doing shit. it and was drinking from it while he was tiptoeing his way through the faders <laughs> on this you know, like any of those engineers would be like, oh, my God, this is like the holy grail of equipment, of the magic sound. And here yeah. you are, you're walking on it and you bloody have no respect. Oh, the holy grail of fuck-ups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And so, anyway, needless to say, it just – it ended badly. <laughs> no, did it, the, so the did, de- did, no, the desk was okay, but the relationship between – Yeah, that's what I mean. Did yeah. he – so did the did he finish the record? With well, them they did... finished the ten days and they got the songs done. And there was one song that they were recording for a Disney movie, and it was I think it was a hundred one Dal- Dalmatians. And yeah, that's okay. right because the song was Cruella Deville. And so in... this is a little bit later, okay? Yeah, it was like nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, and, and okay. so in that session they did this Disney movie because obviously they're Warners God. by now, so they had to do that. Right. And and they said, oh, we'll get you on the soundtrack and then that'll get your name out there or whatever. Anyway, okay. while they're recording it, <laughs> Westerberg, he he said, fuck this, fuck that in the lyrics. And they said, oh, we can't <laughs> use that for Disney. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not doing it again or whatever. And so... In, and so they finished the 10 days and said, we've had enough, we have to go. But he said that they basically terrorised everyone in the vicinity of the place. They terror. They were like terrorists. Bearsville? Yes. Up They'd in, get oh. on vehicles and, you know, they oh. wrecked everything and they, you know, just, just, oh, just <laughs> terrible. But it's kind of funny as well. Crazy Minnesota boys, yeah. I know. So anyway, when they got back, they thought, well, Tony was going to have to go meet up with them again. I know this is a big, long, rambling story, but I have to finish That's it That's funny, though. And, and so I he mean, had to meet yeah. up with them again because they booked time in um, Paisley Park studio, in, you mm. know, Prince's 
big studio yeah. to redo this song that he ruined because he swore in it. And um, so they met him at their local hangout venue. I can't remember the name of it, but you probably played there, but it was a place. Oh, uh, Seventh Street Entry. Yeah, it was one of those. Probably, right. I think it was there, yeah. And um, so they met him there and <laughs> in the meantime, Tommy just hated his guts and said, <laughs> and they were really hostile towards him and didn't want to work with him anymore. And I think Westerberg wanted to, but he went into the bathroom because Tommy stormed off and then he said he was crying and he said, what's wrong? And he said, I can't, we can't have this guy doing our record. And he said, why? And he said, because he's the guitarist for Bette Midler. <laughs> so, oh, my God. And so he said, all right, let's tell him he's fired. So they fired him. And huh. and apparently the reason they gave was you're too old. To, to uh, no, 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 not you're too old. You, the reason was you're not old enough. No. You're not old right. enough to produce our record. Because he must have been He was young. young. He was like 35 or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, I got that wrong. That was the big yeah. punchline. It was, no, I got it wrong. But yeah. it doesn't matter. He, he, so they said no. Um, and so then they got this guy, Matt Wallace, who just made the big record with Faith No More that was their breakthrough, you know, that one yep. with, um, you know the song, Epic. Epic had Epic on it. Um Anyway, so he they got him and they didn't like him because, oh, you're getting us the guy who produced the new monkeys. We don't want him. <laughs> so <laughs> everything they did was just, you know, crap as far as they were concerned. But, of course, you know, self-sabotaging, it's just the way it goes. They were just, right. they were just their own worst enemies. But right. it's funny that I read that book because – just recently, I think it was last year, which may as well be recently because we keep thinking that this year's March still, um, that they released those Bearsville sessions on this <sighs> compilation called, it was like a box set called Dead Man's Pop and it was um, all the unreleased tracks from that session and from the Matt Wallace um, outtakes and they also had... Um, tracks that they recorded with Tom Waits after a, after like a drunken dinner out. They went back to the studio and just recorded these songs off the cuff. So they're on the box set as well. So you can hear it on Spotify and all those places. So have a listen. That's pretty cool. Well, it's pretty tied into um, what I consider, I mean, so far, record of the year, the new um, Phoebe Bridgers album. Well, um, that's that right. I, uh, that Tony Berg produced with Phoebe, and they all kind of they all kind of produced it together. I mean, what a wonderful formula the whole thing the whole thing ended up being. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, but it makes such a difference if you have your people around you. So obviously they'd made a record before, and they had a good relationship, and you could tell you can hear that in the music, right. Yeah, which is, I think, different. And we talked about that as well before with the new Taylor Swift. Um, I know she has um, bon Bonnie Vare, 
right? Mm. And the national guy you said? Yeah, that's uh, Matt. I can't remember his last name, but it's the, the main guy from the national. And it's, I can hear a lot of that national sound as well mm. as other things. And look, I've got to say, I've seen the national probably two or three times because they were on a bill with other things that I was there for. Yep. And I've tried to really like them and I I like them in theory, but I just can't get into it. It's just not my sort of music. I don't know why. Yeah, I think I must have tried to. And the fact that I don't really even have much to say, I guess, um, shows that I maybe didn't, wasn't crazy about them, I guess. I was going to say with the Phoebe Bridgers people that she's working with, it feels so much more connected. Exactly. And I think um, it was interesting what you were saying about, and coming back to that Neve board, and it's like what you were saying about Elliot having all the equipment and mm. being at that stage where he could have the Neve classic board mm-hmm. and all the analog and the and everything at his disposal, but he just couldn't get that out right so yeah so I, I think he got an eve board at the end and i think it turned out to to be a basket case um i read somewhere that he kept saying you know what if i ever get that neve board if i get the board then like he thought all his troubles would be over once he attained this console this piece of equipment that uh he was longing for, and then something like he got it, um, or he got access, but, and, and it wasn't the fucking board that was the problem. It was him that was the problem. He couldn't, he was disconnected. He was fucked up, right? And it, it, it just wasn't the same. And he could hear everything in his head, and I'm sure, and then some, but he couldn't get it out production wise it was it wasn't clicking you know what I mean yeah and I think that says a lot also about you know if you can't find the right people or the people that you think are the right people can't be around you for whatever reason or you know there's just a disconnect there and I think he had that disconnect at the end where he couldn't get that team together of people that were going to get him maybe I don't know that's probably true as well yeah yeah and and look plenty of people would have tried but it's just that one that it's almost like a connection that you can't it's intangible but you hear it and that's what I hear on Punisher I hear well totally and and Elliot uh, as we talked about they were all fans of Elliot, like big fans of his. Um, And there is so much of Elliot inside of this album uh, that I think that when they were making it, they all were completely aware of. I mean, Punisher is a song about Elliot. Um, Halloween, I don't know if it's about Elliot, but it feels like Elliot. And Halloween segues into Punisher. And it just feels like Elliot is there. 
Like, I had this vision when I first was getting my head around this album of a house, like a like an old house with, like, a white picket fence, but it was sort of crumbling down, um, and the weeds were growing, and it was haunted, somewhat haunted, but in a kind of a cool way. And I had this vision of uh, two little ghosts, like teenage ghosts sitting yeah. on the roof. Uh, and one was Elliot and one was Phoebe, but Phoebe had the ability to step back into being a live person. And she would go visit Elliot and she could bring him into this world. Uh, do you know what I mean? I know it sounds really weird and they would just sit on the roof and like smoke cigarettes and look at look over at LA you know like they were on the hill the the basement on the hill and or wherever and looking over uh, uh, onto the the Dianetics building and the Scientology building yeah. and looking at the lights of LA and they're sitting up there and she is able to bring him into this world but she has to leave and but she goes and visits him at that vision for some reason uh just as i don't know i think that totally makes sense because i think she's bringing the spirit back into the music and getting it out that's there. that's exactly what i mean she's yeah. giving him life yeah right and it's and almost like he's giving her the life to put in exactly yeah. yeah, so she gets she can help him cross that threshold of here's life and here's the other side, whatever that is. And like a ghost, like I let you know, the, like Casper, like they're yeah. friendly, but they're two little <laughs> fucked up ghosts uh, sitting on the roof of this little old haunted house that's you know, and it's Halloween and and just tonight and every night and just oh, I have these feelings and. And so I just wanted to say, you know, with Tony Berg and, you know, using him again, which was an amazingly perfect choice, and all those guys using them again, her team, right? That she making this album, not just lyrically, not just song, the feel, but the production, it was felt like a gift to Elliot uh, because there's so much skill in that production the notes the layering the way the notes are working against each other it was really you can feel it's like a gift to Elliot it really is where maybe picked up where he left off I think that is spot on I really do and do, you, do you know what I mean though I, I know do. that's corny no whatever, I know but. what you mean because I think that that album wouldn't exist without that connection to Elliot that she has it wouldn't it would definitely not I, I know it wouldn't I mean mm. of course it wouldn't I hear it I I knew him you yeah. know what I mean and at, like not just musically he was my friend so it's really weird for me to hear that mm. I, I can't even imagine that that looking at yeah. it from that side and I can understand why it would um yeah, well, it would stir up a lot of feeling and and about you and your friendship, not even to do with whatever the songs are saying 
from the writer's point of view but from your interpretation and you putting yourself in those situations or listening or watching this person that you actually knew well you know it just sounds so familial like like family mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like and it's weird because i feel like fuck this poor girl you know she might think that i'm just some obsessed <laughs> lunatic you know like fucking right like crazy obsessed fan lady or something and and i can't help but be because i know what i know what's up there i know what's going on and it it i just love it and and it also if i had made an album that, that is exactly what i would want it to sound like you know that's exactly what i would have put back out into the world um or not exactly but very very similar but i and so me uh i'm just not much of a writer but i'm a good listener right and that's how i would have wanted my thing to sound and yeah. so that gives me joy as well because it's like this frustration of me not being able to write or or not wanting to write but loving it not loving the writing but loving the the music um, it's like a relief, like, oh my God. So this album, Punisher, it's so many things um, to me, right? Per- on a personal level, on a listening level, um, on a, you know, having a friendship with Elliot level, uh, listening to the production, like the whole thing, like, whoa, this is big. Mm, there's a lot of layers. And that's what I thought when I first heard it. I thought, I don't really... I, I didn't really connect with it the first listen. I did, but I just thought, oh, yeah, that's a nice record. You liked it more than I did Well, the first I listen. did, but I, and I, I, but I kind like, of oh, thought I, it was, I don't like this. I don't I want this. Know, but you were afraid of it. That's why. I was. I know. And I said to you, but what about this? But what about that? And you're going, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. And then I it was know. like, <laughs> I was like, I know that you're going to come back to this and you're going to be like obsessed with it. And I think that I thought it was going to be a lot more folky and, and a lot more like uh, like Graceland 2. I know, because that was the song that you said to me. I understand this song. Oh, I that was, I'm like, I like that one. Yeah. You know, and, and I like and Kyoto it, because that's what I understand is like, the I want to hear the power pop rock. You kept saying that it was reminding you of the replacements. So I did. That's pretty cool. And, and that's even before... I, I didn't knew that know, Tony and Berg- I didn't know about the Tony Berg connection either. Uh huh. And I didn't click about the Better Oblivion Community Center being. Um, they had that. They had this ballad, and I can't remember the name of the song, but one of the lines in it that she sings is, um, "I can't hardly wait for someone to replace." And of course, uh-huh. the replacements had the song. I can't hardly wait, and that's the horn section where it goes. Doo, 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 doo. I well, I think that. that they had been covering that on their tour. Well, that's what I heard later, but it all clicked in, and it was all happening at the same time. And it's like I'm reading this book, and ah, I'm I get listening it. to this, and I'm listening to <laughs> that, and it all spins back around. And that's right. And that to me is the mark of a good album when you can relate it back to things that are familiar to you. Well, yeah. So, are we going to talk about our favorite new artist? <laughs> yes we yes. shall 
<laughs> yes, we shall. And I know who you're going to say because mm. I agree before you even say it. Yeah. So our new favorite artist is uh, a young person um, named Joanna Sternberg. And um, I got introduced to this album by watching one, <laughs> one of Phoebe Bridger's, uh yeah, um, What's in My Bags. And it was one of the records that she recommended, and I didn't know who this artist was at all. So, of course, but, oh, what they do, I'm sure you've watched those, right, Marianne, What's in My Bag? I did watch it, and I watched that one, but I didn't have the sound up loud. Ah, yeah, so I had the sound up, and what they do in What's in My Bag, they play a little snippet of, of the tune. Um, that the artist selects from the album. Uh, so Phoebe picked, um, I, I, you know what, I don't remember the name of the song, but I loved the voice. And so I went and I listened um, to a little bit more and I absolutely fell in love with this album and this artist. So uh, I've been listening, went down the complete rabbit hole of all their material and I'm just so excited um, about knowing about them in fact I got I don't know why I did this but I got in touch with um, one thing that I have been watching a lot is the Tweety show which is um, Jeff Tweety from Wilco uh, his son Sammy and his son Spencer and his wife is Susan and she does the camera and she pipes in, and she's hilarious. And hmm. I have been watching this pretty much weekly, and I just got this feeling from the mom, Susan, that I that she was a really incredible person. Um, in fact, I think she used to own a club in Chicago um, called uh, the Axe Lounge. Is that right? I'm not sure, but I remember that you said... Lounge Axe, sorry. Lounge Axe, right, right. yes. And I know that I've played this several times. But anyway, I got this idea that who would love this record? And I thought maybe Jeff Tweedy would and Susan would be cool. So I wrote Susan a, a note saying, you've got to hear Joanna Sternberg. And she got back to me and she, they absolutely love it. And... Um, Jeff put uh, put Joanna's album up as like uh, album of the month, I think, the Bandcamp album of the month, or yeah, on, on, awesome. on his on his Twitter, yeah, Tweety Tweety tweeted it, <laughs> yeah, Twittered it. I saw that and I thought, oh, that's so, it's so awesome that just. You know, word of mouth. This is what I, and this is what I love about social media. Yes, this is the good part. Get in touch with someone. You can re. I'm not going to say that word because I hate it. Because as someone said once before, the only people who should use the word reach out mm -hmm. are the temptations. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because it's just bad. Yeah. Well, um, but. It's really good that you can get in touch with someone who, you know, is 
just there on the other end of the computer and Mm -hmm. and it's instant and it's great Mm -hmm. and you can share that music and you can give a boost to an artist like Joanna Sternberg who is incredible, Mm -hmm. an incredible musician, incredible songwriter. Mm -hmm. The songs are so just honest and they're just coming, you can – you can almost hear them being written. It's amazing. I, I love the album. Yeah, even, I love it. I was listening to it today, actually, while I was working, and it was just so calming, and I really loved it. It It's a timeless kind of style. It, there, we were talking about Connie Converse, how, it, how um, this person sounds a lot like that kind of no genre mm. almost mm-hmm. yeah it's it's folk but it's not it's contemporary but it's not it's it's just a really good song a really good collection of songs right and you can tell that this person is a real uh well-rounded music song fan you know like the real there's real craft work going on with these songs and it doesn't seem like, um, although these songs are incredibly, incredibly well-crafted, even though they might sound simple, I don't think that uh, that they had to work that hard to write the song. I don't. They don't sound forced. Or that's what I meant. Yeah, like you can hear it coming out of the head. That's onto what it, the, exactly what I mean. Onto they, the record. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a ton of editing that that goes on and things. But, but maybe not, right? I, I just—it's just—it's also that thing of just being so musical and so well, not so much gifted, but just in tune with mm. yourself that you can just put out and express how you feel. Exactly, and you know what? I was also thinking—I was thinking about like Arthur Russell recently and how. Um, Arthur Russell uh, never became very popular at all, right? And I guess I guess that's okay. Uh, first he died, um, so mm. there was that. But what I'm saying is, people like Connie Converse or Arthur Russell or even Daniel Johnston, if Kurt Cobain hadn't worn his shirt to the thing, I I don't or told many people about him and gave such accolade I don't know if Daniel would have crossed over into be you know that more commercial market as far as Daniel goes but what I'm saying is with the internet as it is there should be no reason that an artist like Joanna Sternberg um, doesn't get more popular right I, I don't want them to be in the same category or forgotten about you know but i have a feeling mm-hmm. that if if they're not if people don't pay attention right now that maybe in 25 years then they might get the accolade like oh oh this artist you got to hear this artist it's like well this artist is here and alive right now let's take and care of them yeah and that's why I, i'm so happy that um jeff tweedy put that out there and that Phoebe Bridges 
put it up and as, connor oberst uh and connor all of took them the and it's like, and yeah so and it's I, happening and as much as I complain about this whole new crop of people being all <laughs> intertwined and everything, it's really good because they're building their own support network yeah. amongst each other. Like you've got um, Boy Genius, you've got Better Oblivion Community Centre, you've got Connor Oberst working with, you know, he was working with First Aid Kit. Right. And, and it's all of those people connected. And I was looking at Instagram today and I saw that, Courtney Marie Andrews put up a tweet mm. that her album, her first album, is is four years old today, mm. and I thought, oh, I love that album so much. Mm. And and I saw that someone wrote a comment saying this album is magnificent. I love it. And it was Clara from uh, First Aid Kit. Ah, oh, see, like they're all friends and they're all well, supportive of one another. Finds, and they, yeah, the the good shit finds its way to the good people and. Um, well, that's right. Gosh, so in so saying cool. that, you know, Phoebe Bridges is dissing Eric Clapton and all <laughs> that kind of thing. They're, they're actually supporting their peers, their immediate peers. Oh, by... well, of course. And and you know what? Like I saw on the Phoebe Bridges um, fan page, the one that I haven't been kicked off. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. on all of them because I'm kind and good-hearted and pure. Yeah, you're full of so, shit too. You're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, you know, I see these people um, commenting about the Eric Clapton thing, and I I don't think that what I don't think that they understand that Phoebe Bridgers knows exactly who Eric Clapton is, and probably like some of the songs. So on one of the Phoebe Bridges pages, I saw that someone uh, said, oh, she, does, she doesn't like Eric Clapton because she doesn't like old people. Or she doesn't like what? old... What? No, it, it was said, she doesn't like Eric Clapton because she doesn't like older music, is what they said. And I... But a whole... Oh, what? That's crazy. She talks about Jackson Brown. Oh, I know. And so Simon I, and Garfunkel. Yeah, so and there's Neil a lot Young. of people that don't, they don't get it. You know, they they don't quite get what's up, and they think, oh, be- because she's young and kind of modern and looks modern, they they don't know anything about her, and they assume she doesn't like older music. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm. And it, it's just, and they would assume that she maybe doesn't even know who the fuck Eric Clapton is. Uh, you know, but of course well, she does. I, yeah. And, and so it's, it's funny crazy. to me. It is funny. And that's what I was saying about these bloody obsessed Stan fans, whatever you call them. Oh, God. And they just hang on every well, word. The, well, that's me. why I got kicked out of the, of the I group. Know. I talk about I music and they don't want to talk about music. I know they want to talk about what dress is she wearing today, and did you see the tattoo that I got of you know a ghost or whatever? Yeah, like. it's a whole cult. It really is, and I've said it before, but you know, I, I would be bored the... by all that. I you know the fan cult. I, I'd rather really talk about music and and I know, but you're unusual. I wonder what Did she you know thinks that? of them. I wonder what she thinks of these little. She probably shoes. loves it because they're 
bread and butter for her. <laughs> they're buying. They're buying every merch. They're buying those tracky dacks. I call them sweatpants. You call them. We call them tracky dacks. Um, you know they're the skeleton bones on yeah. the legs, and then they've got this gothic writing on the backside. What is that? She's got. Pa- she's got tracksuits for sale. It's <laughs> merch. Yeah. Merch pants. Yes. They're the, they're the black ones with the white bones on them. Oh, I didn't see. The, and then on the back, right in the ass, is Phoebe Bridges in big gothic writing. This like a is tramp stamp. This is cool. <laughs> like, she really does have a. Um, she does. Have she a, really knows. Like a logo you, stuff with the with the spooky stuff and the, and the gothy yeah. stuff. And. Uh, so you know pop, all, like with it, a ghost and now it's a skeleton and it's it's adorable it really is it's perfect it's very halloweeny very halloweeny and i love halloween i know you do yeah it's all well, I'm from fucking salem i okay. know <laughs> <laughs> and can i tell you that um salem 76 that's one of my favorite songs i love it <laughs> so Your silly halloween song it's really good. See, you sit there and you say, oh, "I don't write songs." But you do. You've written some. You, you, you're the type of person that is not going to write a million songs, but the ones you do write are going to be really. They're going to be fine. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be good ones. It's not going to be any crap in them. You know what's really good that, about that song is Nick's solo. Oh, I love it's it. It's such a it's great amazing. solo. Yeah. I know. I love it. And and the thing is, right, it, and we've talked about this before, it's like you're such a really, really bad um, – well, not – you're the opposite of an editor. You're, you edit before it comes even out. <laughs> I know. You just go – you go, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's crap. No, that's I crap. I can't say that. That's crap. Oh, no, that <laughs> right. sounds like this. Oh, that sounds like that. I can't do that. I said, just do I, it. I know. I, I edit before I write, and the only thing that's left is I. <laughs> I know. If, You've got like two words, if, and you go, oh, I've got this new song. Do you it. want to hear it? And I say, and you just, and you say, I'll send it to you on my on your phone. And then I, I press play, and it goes, da-da, and that's it. <laughs> like, what, you rewrote the Jaws theme, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like just write no. a song and don't worry if it sounds like something else. That's it, what everybody I, does. I can name that. That's um Oh yeah, War Pigs, of course. Yeah, and it's the Jaws song. Did it? The Jaws <laughs> theme. Did did it? And it's the Pink Panther. No, that's different. Did it? Yeah, it is the Pink Panther. Yep, see? (laughs) It's Jaws, it's War Pigs, and it's the Pink Panther. See? (laughs) So they all stole from each other. I said, said, fuck it, why bother? (laughs) (laughs) You're a shocker. Oh, Terrible. On that note, we should go and write some songs. We've got some things in the pipeline, haven't we? Uh, Yeah, we do, actually. A few little things in the pipeline. So watch this space. (laughs) Where where they will forever stay. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, they will not. <laughs> we've rambled on, but we're just getting back into the swing of it mm. because we've had a lot going on mm-hmm. and we talked about that. But if you want to hear more, let <laughs> us know because we talk to each other all the time and we think we're hilarious. It's better other, when we're not fucking recording, I swear to God. And I know, I know really you is. always we, say I just, that. I, yeah, I but do. But that's because we can true. say... We can say the taboo things. I know, and, and that's the judged. shit that people want to hear, Marianne. <laughs> but know, you but see, but I don't want to. Yeah, and that's why you're still allowed on these boards that I get kicked off of, and that's why I know. when you say that you're as good as gold, I know you're not. You're full <laughs> of shit. <laughs> you're a pot stirrer and a half. I know. Yes, I know. So. But the world doesn't have to know that. Only no. the special people. Well, <laughs> there you go. But, um, yeah, so this is our podcast, right? I mean, somebody can't kick off us off of our own podcast. So <laughs> well, and, and true. if people don't like it, they don't have to listen. But, but it is yeah. true that our best stuff is when we're not being recorded. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh well, we'll we'll maybe we'll work up to me being less of a censor. I think we should. We should just or just mm. um. Don't you, yeah, I wish that editing wasn't so fiddly, right? I know that's it's the part tricky. that you hate. But look, I know. But I tell you what, we're going to work up to better things but we want to hear from you we want to hear that you want us to keep going with this because we've been away for a long time and we probably are boring everyone to death by now but um if you want to hear another episode let us know to save us the trouble of having to coordinate to do it again because oh my god it's like pulling teeth getting this show on the road sometimes well but we've but had, we're on the we've road had some now. snags um, we have. Yeah. But I think we it's... We have had some snacks. Yeah, but I think it's kind of cool. Like, I was thinking about, oh, you know, doing a podcast. Like, somebody could be taking a bath listening to us. Or somebody could be chumming a fish listening to us. Or someone could be baking... Do, can we, hang on. Just go back a bit, a minute. What yeah. Chopping a fish? Chumming. Chumming a fish. What's, what's that? Well... Like if you work in a cannery in Juneau, Alaska or something, they might have the, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, now I remember because I was thinking about Joni Mitchell turned me on on my radio and how yeah. she said, you could be doing this or you could be on the beach or you could be stuck in the traffic um, if you're driving into town, whatever. Uh, That's pretty right. genius, you know? So yeah. I know. So wh- whatever you guys are doing, I hope that you're... I hope you're staying safe and you're you're uh, enjoying whatever you're doing while listening to us. Thank you. Exactly. And you're not going out anywhere, so you may as well listen to us. Yeah. Or if you're driving yeah. into town with a yeah. dark cloud above <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bound to All right, love you. Well, on, <laughs> on, on, that, on that dark cloud, let's just... <laughs> yeah. Let's just wrap it up. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we want to hear from you. We'll be back. Yeah, let us know what you want us to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, we've got lots of things to talk about, as you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Next time, though, but, we'll um, be a little more, uh, what, what is it? We won't go down the rabbit hole so much, I guess. A little more focused. That's it, focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Focused is a good word. We yeah. will be. But until then, we'll be blurring the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will speak to you later. All right. I'll talk to you later. Hey, bye, everybody. See ya.